This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Amen. You may be seated. Good to see you today. Welcome to Relevant Life Church. You love Jesus? Say, I love Jesus. Online, would you type, I love Jesus? I love, I'm so glad that you're here today. Yesterday was kids' convention, and uh, we had a team of kids, a team of kids' workers go, as well as a bunch of kids that have went, and I want to say thank you to you that helped them go, because many of you helped with, with uh, scholarships, and so we are grateful for that, and we're thankful that, that they were able to go and actually encounter God's presence, uh, a really, really good opportunity for them to, to just sense God's presence. If you saw videos online of, of kids worshiping, we were, had the privilege of seeing our little granddaughter, who's a PK too young to go, but because she's a PK, got special treatment with her daddy, and she's up front worshiping Jesus, and it was such an amazing thing just to watch that and to see that. Uh, we're excited about that. I want to remind you that family dinner is next Sunday. Uh, it was already on the announcements, but you need to go on and register. If you have not registered, we're having a lot of people going, well, I'm planning on coming or I'm coming, but your name's not on the registration. If you want food to eat, you need to register so we have enough food to eat, right? And uh, so we need you to come and join us. Today, as we step into a brand new series, Above and Beyond, everyone say above. above. Everyone say Beyond. Above and beyond. When I think of above and beyond, I don't know about you, but we probably think of outer space or something which is great, you know, above and beyond, beyond us, uh, that is past us. And there's been a term, a couple words that have just been flowing in my spirit the last several weeks, over a month probably. The word finite and the word infinite. Everyone say finite. And the word infinite. Everyone say infinite. When we think of the word finite, we think of having limits or boundaries. How many of you know that you and I as humans, we have limits and we have boundaries? We're finite. Uh, we're, we're, we're in this, this stint of life that is, is bound, has boundaries round about us. And then there's this term called the infinite. There's this term that's, that's limitless or without boundaries. And so what's so amazing to me when I think of these two words is that re- I come to a place of recognizing that there is something that is above and beyond me. There's something that's outside of my ability because I am finite. When I step back and go, no, in my limitations, in my boundaries, I can only do so much. How many have discovered that you are finite? How many know that you have boundaries that you can only do so much? But you know, the thing that's so cool is that we step into a concept this morning that we might be finite, but we serve a God We are created and designed by a God. We have a God who is in control of our world, your circumstances, who is infinite, that is limitless, without boundaries in our lives. So when we talk about this idea of above and beyond, we're talking about uh, above and beyond my life, above and beyond Relevant Life Church, above and beyond the 70 years that you and I might live, that there is something that God has a greater plan for us. And so this morning, as we step into this concept of above and beyond, it's a literal invitation for us to step into a level of faith, a little invitation to come and go, God, I know my world is finite, and I am controlled by my finite. How many, how many allow all of your decisions to come as a result of your finite being? Often we do. I want to call you to a different perspective this morning, that as followers of Christ, we're not just finite. There is an infinite part of our lives. 
There's an eternal part of our lives that God calls us to and wants to call us to. Jesus called us to live and beyond, live above and beyond our lives. Something, living for something greater than Kevin. Living for something greater than Relevant Life Church. Living for something greater than the Reich household. Living for something greater than Salem, Oregon. Living for something greater than Oregon. Living for something greater than the United States of America. Can I tell you today that we have this call and this challenge to not just be stuck in our infinite limitations, but to step into the infinity of who God is. I love watches. I love Invicta watches. Uh, They're a lower range watch. They're they're a a strong watch, a good watch, a healthy watch, but they're on a a mid-range price range. And they've been uh, a watch company that's been around since 1837, a Swiss, a Swiss company that they have Swiss works within the watch. And so they have a, a really strong uh, inner working system. It's a mechanical system that's in there. Uh, but they've, they're a high quality, but they're affordable to most people. In 1991, a new generation came in and they redesigned the entire company. And they realized that this this Swiss watch, if they wanted the world, if they wanted it to impact the world, that they were going to have to approach differently how they manufactured the watch. They're going to have to approach differently in how they even uh, publicized the watch. They were going to have to live totally different in what they did, so they stepped back to reconstruct and to redesign. At that moment in 1991, the company, the people, even though the watch had not gone around the world at this point, the company came back and said, there are 39 languages that we need to give instructions to for this watch to work. So every Invicta watch, when you get a box, there is an instruction manual in that box. It's a small little sheet of paper, but you unfold it, and it's going to be, how many have ever experienced those sheets of paper that you unfold? In 1991, they came back and said, even though not everyone in these languages are going to see this piece of paper at this point, We know that we need to plan for 39 languages. They were going above and beyond what they were at at that moment. They were going, no, there's a further reach that we can have. We want to plan in such a way that is going to impact the greater greater world with this amazing watch that we believe. Now today, Invicta is around the world. It is at most places, most most, Costco has them, JCPenney has them, Macy's has them. We don't have all those stores anymore here in Salem, but I can tell you, Amazon has them, everything. You know what I mean? If Amazon has it, right? But today when they came and they sell this watch, today they, they're preparing above and beyond. They have prepared above and beyond. They didn't have to go back to the drawing board to go, oh, well, no, that just landed in a new country. How do we communicate to them? They, they began at the very beginning. Can I tell you that this idea of above and beyond is far beyond what is required of us? Expecting, exceeding what is expected. Invicta at that point, as they were changing, as they were changing authority in the company, the presidents that from the past generation to the new generation are going, that's overkill. We're not even around the world yet. We're not even there yet. And I ask you, if they went out of prepared, would they have gone? If they had not stepped into this above and beyond mindset, would they really have landed around the world like they anticipated to land? God is a God of above and beyond. God is a God of above and beyond. When we, there's no greater example, no greater illustration than the God that we serve. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 
A passage of scripture that you are familiar with if you're a follower of Christ. It says, now to him, now to God who is able to do what? Above and beyond all that we ask, think uh, according to the power that is at work within us. When we talk about this verse of scripture, when you go to the actual Greek and he, or the Greek part of this, the, the theologians have come back and said this idea, the one who is able to do all, above all things, literally measuring, the measurement is exceeding all things beyond all comprehension. I don't know about you, but when I sit back and I look at certain things in my finite mind, I'm stunted at what God can do. It's that thing that should come back to us where there's a place of awe towards who he is. But this passage of scripture is talking about the exhaustlessness of God. That he's above and beyond all that we can ask, think, or even imagine. You have some great imaginations. Anybody have some imaginations out there that are are far-fetched imaginations? Can I tell you that God is greater? He's exhaustless in spite of all of what we ask, think, or even imagine the exhaustiveness of imagination. But there's, a, there's this, this aspect as we think about this, Paul, God, Paul is writing, he's saying, uh, God is able to do for us and answer our prayers, everything that we ask, according to this efficiency, this richness, this power of the one who is working within our lives. So when we go back to this verse of scripture, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask, everyone say all that we ask, all that we think, according to the power that is at work in us. We can come back and go, no, that's a great idea. I love this aspect. But there is also a part on our part that yes, in this exhaustlessness of God, he needs a finite being to come and go, God, would you work in me? God, would you work in my life? It's a yieldingness on our part that demands him or that allows him to do above and beyond. It's not something that he's going to come in and he's just going to overshadow our lives. Everything is from God. As we step into this concept of Romans chapter 11, we even see that who has ever given to God that God should repay him? Let me ask you this morning, does God owe you anything? Do we sometimes approach God with an O -O mindset? God, I've done, so therefore you do. God doesn't owe us anything. It says, "Who who has ever given to God that God should repay them? Verse 36, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Everything is from God. Everything that you have in your life, above and beyond, are finite, is from him. This above and beyond mentality is a heart of the gospel story. It is the mentality of generosity. It's an all-in mindset. We can see where God himself, said, uh, John wrote about him in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Not just one of his chi- children, but his one and only child. It was all in. It was no limits bound. He just says, no, I'm going to give him. Romans chapter 5, we see where Paul comes back and he talks about it. And he says, but God demonstrated his love for us uh, in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It was an all-in mindset. There was not a, okay, well, if you do, then I will. He, God was not thinking on a finite level. God was thinking on an infinite level. God was coming and going, no, I recognize the finiteness of individuals, but I'm bigger than that. So as we step into this above and beyond season, we're reminded of the generosity of God. We're reminded of this this mindset that God always does above and beyond what we can ask, think, or imagine. Many times we limit him in our thinking. And so today I want to challenge us 
in the way that we think. Above and beyond is when we give above what we normally give so that we at RLC can go beyond where we normally go. When we come to the concept of above and beyond, this has been part of the generous atmosphere, the generosity of our, of our, of our gatherings, the generosity of RLC that we come back and go, no, we don't want to just give for ourselves. We want to give beyond or above ourselves. We want to give beyond our walls. How many know that for us to impact the city of Salem, the state of Oregon, the United States of America, or the world, it has to be an infinite mindset. We have to come back and go, no, it's beyond my life. Above and beyond is when we give about, above what we normally give so that we at RLC can go beyond where we normally go. God wants our eyes to be open today to, the fact, to, the, to this very fact that generosity is a way of life for the follower of Christ. Generosity is something that must motivate us and must navigate, that we must navigate as believers. The definition of generosity today is showing a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. Something to give of something that is more than necessary, something that's more than expected. I don't know about you, but me and my personality, I like to do what's expected. Anybody, are the, what are the expectations? Anybody go, what's the expectation? You know, so we go, what's the expectation? So I'm going to give according to what's expected of me. The difference between my wife and I is my, I go, what's expected? And my wife just goes, no, there's a need. My wife has taught me generosity. She's taught me the mindset of how do I go above and beyond? Because I'm not just doing what's expected. Rhonda's coming with the heart of generosity to go know what is needed. What's needed? We want to be a generous people, and every year we come with this big give campaign, and it's at the end of the year that we come and we ask, what, can, what is it that's beyond our walls that we can do for the kingdom of God? What is it that's beyond our lives, above our lives, that we can go, no, I want to be a person of generosity like God is a God of generosity. How can I step in and be a person that lives above and beyond, that lives with the finite, not the infinite? Above and beyond character that we can go to in the New Testament, and probably my favorite character in the New Testament, besides Jesus. So don't, you know, I mean, who's your favorite character? Jesus is. So, uh, but I want to, Paul probably is my favorite character. Acts chapter 20, he's writing a passage of scripture. He's, uh, Luke is writing about Paul in chapter 20, and it's his farewell speech to the Ephesian church. He's coming, he's going, I'm going back to Jerusalem, and I, uh, I may not see you ever again. I'm going to Jerusalem, and I may die there. If you know the rest of the story, Paul didn't just go to Jerusalem. Paul went to Jerusalem and then went to Rome and was thrown in prison in Rome. So that's kind of the background of where we're at in Acts chapter 20. And Paul comes and he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing. I consider my life finite. I consider my life being just a short window in time. And then he goes on, he says, but my only aim is to finish the race, to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the infinite task. That Paul recognized that his life, even though it was short, even though it might be cut shorter, even though he might die, there was something that was calling him to above and beyond, to go, no, I realize that the call of God on my life, the call of God on your life, is above and beyond what we can ask, think, or even imagine, 
That who we are, that what our part is on this kingdom, uh, on this planet, is part of the kingdom of God. We can skip all the way down to verse 32, and it says, Now I commit to you, uh, commit you to God and the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all of those who have sacrificed. Verse 33 says, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You, uh, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed, uh, showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remember the words of Jesus himself who said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Paul is coming and he's defending himself on a finite level to go, no, you did not support me, I supported myself. I did not want to be a burden to you. I didn't come and covet your, behavior, covet your lifestyle. I didn't covet what you had. I realized my task was, an inf- was a finite task and I was gonna, in the strength that I had, provide for myself. And he's not saying, poor me. He's coming and saying, there's a principle that guides my life. And there's a principle that Jesus gave himself, and he says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to be a generous giver, to live outside of, above and beyond what you can ask, think, or imagine mindset than it is to be the one that is the finite just to receive. Paul hoped to be faithful among the church in Ephesus. He came and says, I don't want to give you any reason, any reason to look to me. I don't want to give you any reason to resent me. I want all attention and focus to be put on God. I realize that my life is finite, but you're part of an infinite kingdom. So today, as we come to this concept of above and beyond, as I am coming to make an ask this morning, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be making an ask. Why do we give above and beyond? Is it because we should? Is it because we ought? Is it because we must? Is it because we're required to? Is it because we're coerced to do so? And today I want to present we give above and beyond because we can give above and beyond. Because we can. Everyone say because we can. Because we can. Because each of us in our lives, we need to live outside of our finite. We need to step to a different realm, a different perspective, a different idea to go, it's not just about me and mine. As believers, there is a biblical principle that we follow as Christ followers that we give 10% of our income, our first fruits to God. There's a 10% expectation that God says, no, if you give me 10%, I will make your 90% flourish. If you, make, if you give me your 10%, I will bless your 90% and you will have extra. How many have discovered that in your own life? That God always supplies above and beyond. Because we're working not in a finite principle. We're working in an infinite principle. When we ever we step into the infinite principles of God, God does something supernatural in our lives. So today we're not just talking about the base. We're not talking about a 10% finite our infinite principle. We're talking about above and beyond principle that God wants to take us to a new place. So as we talk about above and beyond this morning, this above and beyond generosity, number one, our above and beyond generosity is in our DNA. It's in our DNA. When you look at your DNA, 
human DNA. There are chromosomes that were passed on to you from your parents, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents. There's a line of hereditary behaviors, hereditary looks that are going to follow you through. Today, when we talk about this generosity is in our DNA, I want to tell you today that if you are a Christ follower, you are birthed into a kingdom, and the chromosomes of Christ are in your life. The DNA of Christ, this DNA of generosity, is you have inherited it. It is part of you. Acts 20, 20, 35, as we see this, is in everything I did, I showed you uh, that by this kind of work, we must help the weak. But he goes on, he says, but it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. What you have to understand in this passage of scripture, you pipe in that You type in that phrase in a concordance. You type in that phrase in Google. You type in that phrase in a Bible dictionary. It's going to come up in one location and only one location. It's going to come up in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. You'll never see it in a a gospel that that Jesus actually said those words. But why is it that when we look at Acts chapter 20, verse 35 in our Bibles today, if you have a red letter edition, it's going to be red letters that it's actually significant that Jesus spoke this, these words somewhere, someplace. And we go back to the gospel and we don't see it, but you know, the thing that's fascinating to me is this, that it was not necessarily written words that were passed, it was genetic words that were passed. It was discipleship words that were passed. It was a mindset of the church that as Jesus walked this planet, he told his disciples, hey, you know, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Hey, our lives, we, we give our lives, we lay down our lives. It was a mindset that was there, it was a perception that they had accepted. When we look at the Gospel of Luke, who also, the, Luke the author also wrote the book of Acts, we can see that throughout the Gospel of Luke that there are, there are more stories of giving through the Gospel of Luke than there are in any other Gospel. And then we step into Acts, and we see how, Luther, how Luke continues on with this thread and this theme of generosity. This, gener- this DNA that we talk about, Acts 2.42, it says they devoted, they were all in themselves to the apostles. They devoted themselves into the apostles' teaching. And you skip down to verse 45, it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. There was a mindset that they came in and said, no, it's not about our finite being right now. It's about an infinite principle. There's something that's outside of me. Acts 4, 12, 32 and 36, it says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And verse 32 says, all the believers were in one heart. They were all in, in a mindset to go, no, we're all in. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. Is that a dynamic difference between their culture and our culture today? It's mine. It's my house. Let me fence it off. Let me have my property, my boundaries, my lines. I'm not sharing it with anybody. Versus everything back then they had in common. And it says, verse, it goes further down, it says, From time to time those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Talk about an attitude of generosity. Not as an inheritance to go, no, I'm thinking of a finite thing to pass on to my kids. I'm coming and going, I'm going to give it to God. 
Not only was there a corporate response, there was a personal response. We can see in Acts chapter 16, where Paul was on his way to Philippi, and it says in verse 13, it says, on the Sabbath, he, we went out to the, outside the city gates to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of uh, those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira. Her name was Lydia, a dealer, of purple, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And it goes on a little bit further, and it says uh, that she convinced them. She opened her doors of her house out of generosity and convinced them to come stay at her house. She provided for them. She was a host to them. We can see the DNA of the early church. There was a DNA of generosity. It was a DNA that says we will give and we will help others succeed. I know today in our culture that there's a lot of skepticism of what we should do and shouldn't do. There's a lot of skepticism. I want to tell you today there probably should be some skepticism. We should be, care- we should be cautious. We should be careful of who we open our homes to. Is that not correct? But can I tell you that there's got to be a heartbeat? There's got to be a DNA of our lives that steps in to go, God, am I even willing to do so? Is there an openness to even go beyond the finite to an infinite principle? Have we so blocked off culture, have we so blocked off into our self-absorbed mindset that we stop at what's expected rather than going, God, what is above and beyond? God, what do you desire from me? What I love about the book of Acts is that you don't have to be a millionaire to be part of the story. You just have to be available. Can I tell you today, God's not looking to the millionaires at RLC because we don't have any millionaires at RLC that I know of. He's not looking to the millionaires. He's looking for availability. He's going, what I have, God, I'm willing to give. What I have, I'm willing for you to speak to my heart and for you to challenge me. Not only is generosity part of our DNA, generosity is a heart attitude. My heart's prayer, my prayer that I pray week after week after week is God help us to be a church that is generous. God help me to be a person who is generous. I can tell you that my generosity level has grown because my wife's generosity level challenges me. My prayer is this, that as your generosity level will grow as Pastor Kevin challenges you in your generosity level, that you'll step back to go, no, where am I viewing life finitely and where am I viewing life infinitely? Remember that you can't take anything with you. You can't take anything with you, and I'm not saying be foolish, and my desire this morning is not to come and go be irresponsible in how you handle your finances. Pastor Kevin's not saying that on the platform. Just go be irresponsible. Just go charge it. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm wanting to instruct you and wanting to challenge you is that you would be a wise steward of the money that God has put in your lives. It's not yours. Do we owe anything to God? No, we do not. What we have in our lives is as a result of God blessing us with what he's given us. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 gives us a story of generosity, a story of a hard attitude. Paul says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know that the gra- that about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Everyone say the grace. grace. I want to ask you, how much grace has God given you? 
I'm not talking grace of forgiveness. I'm talking about how much have you yielded your life to God that God's grace, his divine enablement, can flow through your life. When you think about this passage of scripture, Paul's coming, he's going, I want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. It's not like a, a, a lull in his voice. He's going, this is a testimony. This is a celebration. God's grace is evident. His divine enablement is evident in their lives. He's caused them to see something that's beyond their own mindset. Verse two, it goes on, he says, in the midst of severe trial, Everyone say severe trial. We often don't like to hear messages on generosity. We oftentimes don't like to hear messages on even giving. But in the midst of severe trial, we like it even less. There's people in this room that are under severe trial, severe persecution. We've all been under the severe severity of COVID for the last almost two years. And Paul is coming, he says, in the midst of their very severe trial, their overflowing joy, everyone say joy. joy, overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up into rich generosity. So joy plus poverty equals generosity. He wasn't just saying just generosity, he says rich generosity, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Sometimes we step into our lives and we go, well, God, this is, my, this is my finite mindset of giving. And God comes and goes, is it? Is that, is that really all you can do? My prayer as we step into this mindset of above and beyond is that you're not just going, God, let me look at my checkbook and what is finite that is there. God, what is infinite that you're wanting to challenge me with? What's above and beyond What's, gonna, what's, what's beyond my imagination? And stepping in to go, God, I want to be a tool for you. I want to walk in wisdom and faith, but God, I want you to stretch me. Today as we come, we're not just stepping in to do something because we ought or we should or because we're coerced. We're doing it because we can. Because God's given us the ability to go beyond our lives. God's, we have the DNA of Christ within our hearts that is a generous DNA. Point number three. Not only do, it be, do, it be, do we have above and beyond generosity, generosity because of our DNA or because of our attitude. These two lead us to number three. Above and beyond generosity is dreaming bigger and reaching higher. There's always God that's going, no, there's something greater to do. Are we, are we the mindset of the first Invicta Watch that says, well, we'll just create the language for whoever has it, or will we step into 1991 to go, no, we're, we're, we realize that it's above and beyond. We're going to reach the world, and we're going to plan for reaching the world. This point is an application of the first two. That it's in our, if it's in our DNA to be generous and it's in our heart attitude to be generous, then the next step is for us to dream bigger and to reach higher. They go hand in hand as this equation. In the past of Relevant Life Church, we just took the last several, last five, five, some, I guess it's a little bit more than that, seven years 
In 2013, we gave $8,000 to Convoy of Hope above and beyond. I want you to see, I want you to see the, the progress as we stepped out in faith seven plus years ago. That we gave $8,000 to Convoy of Hope. In 2015, we gave $10,000 to Honduras and to a local business that was here. In 2018, we uh, gave 21,000. In 2019, we gave 30,000 to Africa's Hope. Last year, in the middle of the pandemic, we gave $31,000 to Africa's Hope. Can I tell you, that's above and beyond. That's going, God, this is my finite being, and I don't have it. I don't know how it's going to come. But we step down into a faith that says, no, God, I'm going to give infinitely. This year, we have an opportunity. This year... I'm a little bit nervous about the pledge that we've made. This year, we've dreamed bigger and we've reached higher. It's something that God has challenged Ron and I to dream bigger and to reach higher, to go, God, we did this in the past. God, what do you want us to do now? This number is a little bit unsettling as I think about it. It's unsettling for us as a church to go, God, this is, a, this is above and beyond what we've ever done. That, God, you would raise in three weeks this amount of money. This year is our avenue. The avenue that we're going to use is this idea of Speed the Light. What is Speed the Light? Speed the Light is the missions giving branch of Assemblies of God for our students that provides much needed practical. Everyone say practical. Practical equipment for our missionaries, whether that's uh, uh, across, across our nation as well as 180 countries around the world. Micah McDonald, an evangelist, says this about Speed the Light. He says, God loves to birth some, great, some of the greatest movements in the most unlikely scenarios. At the end of World War II, kids grew up seeing automobiles as a means of destruction. They saw airplanes as a means to kill other people. Money was short during World War II because all the money was going to fund the war. But God dropped a God-sized dream in a young man's heart that the youth of America wouldn't stay in the churches. That the youth in America would, wouldn't just sit in comfy pews, but that the youth of America would begin to stand up and do something about it. They would start to sacrifice and to give something called something, to, something that is called Speed the Light so the youth of America could fund missionaries which could bring the greatest message ever preached, the, the message of the gospel, so that hell might lose another person. In 1944, the dream was for the youth of America to give $100,000 to buy a vehicle. But no one believed that it would happen. No one believed a bunch of kids could raise $100,000. That year, over $108,000 was raised, and the very first Speed the Light vehicle, the very first Speed the Light plane was purchased. It was an amphibious plane that flew to Africa, not to bring destruction, but to bring the gospel message of the love of Jesus Christ. And ever since then, over $350 million has been given and provided through Speed the Light to missionaries around our world. The motto of Speed the Light is this, we give so that others can speed the light of the gospel to a world in darkness. You and I can't go, but we can send. How do we, how, this, this mission of Speed the Light is accomplished by providing the essential transportation and creative communication equipment for missionary evangelism. 
Through modern transportation, radio, television, print, audio, and digital equipment, our missionaries can help Jesus be known in a culture where he is not. If our missionaries are going to get to those who do not know Jesus, it will be because of Speed the Light. Every missionary in the assemblies of God will at some point fly, drive, float to their destination or in transportation that has been provided by our churches through Speed the Light. Airplanes, cars, vans, motorcycles, bicycles, trucks, buses, boats, horses, camels, donkeys, wheelbarrows have been provided by Speed the Light to missionaries around our world. Simply for this reason, we give so that our missionaries can travel faster, preach clearer, and be heard louder in order that all may know Jesus. Today, when we step in and we think about Speed the Light, you know, you and I, we have missionaries come and we get excited about their lives and what they're doing, but Speed the Light is an avenue that is helping them accomplish what they need to accomplish. And so today, we come with a presentation with the big ask, a dreaming, high, dreaming bigger and reaching higher ask. The Slaters in South Africa, they need a speed light vehicle. We have, they already have taken possession of it. You can see them here. Why? Because we at RLC have said we will provide you $43,000 for your speed light vehicle. is a lot of money. $43,000 is a little bit unnerving to Pastor Kevin. I carry my personal responsibility, but I carry the responsibility of the church. And I go, God, I know you've asked us to do this. I know you've asked us to do this. God, we've raised $31,000 before. This is more. But I come today in the middle of hardship, in the middle of trial, in the middle of poverty, in the middle of rough situations, and I come and I ask you, Who here will be willing to live above and beyond? How many can dream bigger and reach higher so that the message of Jesus Christ goes to South Africa and empowers our missionaries to travel about? Let's show them this video. Absolutely. We just want to say thank you for purchasing this uh, Toyota Fortuner, uh, a vehicle that's the workhorse of Africa. Its reliability and safety are incredible reassurance to us. And we are able now to look beyond just not only impacting the city of Durban through urban tribes, but also to be able to think about 
moving around this great nation. The topography and geography of South Africa is so diverse, from the sugarcane fields here in KwaZulu-Natal to the, the great Karoo Desert of the Western Cape, and all everything in between. It allows us to be able to think about visiting pastors, equipping churches of this International Assemblies of God that we work closely with. We also have the capability to haul equipment. We also are able to haul people. When you're church planting, you have to be prepared for everything. And the ability to purchase a vehicle allows us to think of anything without the constraints of inability. So on behalf of the Slater Six, on behalf of Urban Tribes, South Africa, Sons of God World Missions, Slater Six just want to say thank you. I want to come with a statement today as we pull our little cards out. I want to challenge you today that it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. This big idea of stepping back to go, God, what is it that you would have me to do? What is it that you would have me to give? I would love to see 100% participation. I would love to see 100% participation because why? Because we can. Because we can, because God asks us to. As I conclude this morning, as you are thinking, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you're not quite sure, we're going to pray about it in here in just a second. I want to finish up with a story, another World War II story. In the middle of World War II, there was less than 1% of unemployment. Today in America, we have like 38% unemployment, varying where we're at. So less than 1%. Why? Because everyone was looking at what they could contribute. Today, what I want us to step into is that mindset to go, God, what can we contribute? What can all of us do? Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Dwight Eisenhower, the 34th president, is quoted as saying, Andrew Higgins is the man who won the war for us. If Higgins had not designed and built those LCVPs, we, would never, we could never have landed upon an open beach. The whole strategy of the war would have been different. Before we get to the boats and before you understand all that stuff about the boats here, I want to give you a little bit of background. Had Andrew Higgins owned a small boat company. His company was, had designed and built the boat called the Eureka Boat. It was a shallow water boat. In the midst of World War II, the soldiers had need to land for beach landing without a harbor. And he stepped back to go, what can I do to help win the war? What can I do on my part? What can I contribute? And he went to work and he began to redesign his Eureka boat and he created what they call the Higgins boat. If you want to pop that slide up there. The Higgins boat, his company became one of the biggest industries in the world, industries in the world and upwards of 80,000 workers that is still manufacturing equipment today. But Higgins had an all-in mindset to go, how do we land our soldiers on the beach where we can win a war, where we can bring justice? And Higgins had to get to, what can I contribute? What can I do? Can I tell you that there wasn't a bunch of Andrew Higginses on the planet? There was one. But can I tell you today, there's one Phil Pilgrim and there's one Daryl Mitchell. And there's one Fran Heineck. And there's all of us as we come together to go, no, if we would come and we would contribute what we are 
designed and created to contribute. We can provide a Higgins boat for the Slaters. We can come and go, no, we can empower you to be and to do. So my last statement this morning is this. As you grab your cards, you don't have to have it all, but are you willing to take what you have and to put it in the hand of God? I'm not up here asking you to give $43,000 today as one person. I'm asking you to come and go, God, what's in my hand and what can I do? As you take your cards, would you just pray with me? Heavenly Father, today we thank you. God, that you are able to do above and beyond what we can ask, think, or even imagine. And God, you're looking for people to ask and to be yielded. And so God, today, in your abundance, because everything belongs to you, we come in yieldedness and we ask, God, what is it that you would have me contribute? What is it that you would have me do? God, so that we can provide transportation for the Slaters so that they can travel the urban area of South, America, South, South Africa, that the message of Christ that the message of Christ would be spread. God, I pray today that we would not be limited by our finite thinking. God, help us to be challenged to the infinite. And God, we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, just for some clarity, because people may be wondering, uh, our, our plan is to send a check by December 15th because we want to be able to get it recognized in 2021. Our plan is to get a check sent to them by 2015. If you're not able to give until the end of, uh, end of December or a little bit later, would you please put on your card of when you are planning to do so? Um, and we, 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 would, we would value that. We appreciate that just because we want clarity and direction. We want to be able to know how much we are raising and what, what the goal, what we need to still raise, okay? Uh, I want to, if you want to drop these in the green box in the back, back in the foyer back there as you fill them out, that'll be the best way for us to collect them. And we value, we appreciate you. Online, there is an online form for you to be able to go on. If you're on Facebook right now, that, that online form was put there. As well as in our app, there's going to be an online form that you can go fill out. We want everyone to participate. We want 100% participation. Everyone say, I want to participate. God, in the name of Jesus, bless your people. Help them, help them to be what all, all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Make sure you get on and register for... Uh, family dinner next week. Our prayer team's coming to the front right now. And if you need prayer this morning, we would love to be able to agree with you in prayer. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.